Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga For You. I'm Kelly and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. So if you are looking for a meditation, this is not the episode for you. (laughs) I am not going to be sharing a meditation in this episode, but there will be a new one on Sunday, so do not worry. Um, But I thought that I would just speak a little bit more organically and kind of share um, a little bit more about me and talk about some of my takeaways from meditating every day for the last few months and then also um, share my story about how I took the leap from teaching students to then teaching teachers. So if you are looking for a meditation and you don't like the episodes where I chit chat, just skip ahead, my friend. Go and enjoy your meditation. If you are the person that loves the person... <laughs> The one person out there that enjoys the episodes where I chit chat, then you are in for a treat. Also, full disclosure, this is now the second time I have recorded this episode. I went through the whole process of recording this and sharing it, and then I listened back to it, and my mic was acting up, and it kept cutting in and out, and I just I just wanted to cry. So... <laughs> So that, uh, yeah, we are off to a great start. So I don't know why my mic has been acting up, but it has just been so sassy lately. But that is enough about my sassy mic. I have been doing tests on it, and hopefully this time it is working. If not, I really, truly will cry. Um, (laughs) So... I hope that you are all having a, or had a wonderful January, um, since this is now February 1st. And you probably all last month heard about the 31 day meditation challenge. And I'm not going to talk about like the actual details of that challenge. So many of you decided to join me and do it live with me last month. And it was really, really incredible. And I loved getting to, you know, just know some of you better and to share some new meditations with you and and get to do this alongside of all of you. And it was really special. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, um, excuse me, Kelly, wait a minute. One, what is this challenge? Two, why didn't I know about it? Or I'm listening in the future. So hello to the future if you're listening to this. And if you still want to do it, I'm not going to like lock the challenge in any way. You can still access it at any point. If you ever feel like I want to reset my practice, I want to dedicate myself to 10 minutes of meditation every day for 31 days, you still can. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, And also you can go to the website, yogaforyouonline.com. It's $49 and there's 31 new uh, meditations with me on there and as well as the PDF for the meditation journal and all the things. So if you want to do that at any point, whether it's today or, you know, it's just in the back of your mind and in a month you think, wow, I'm ready to do that. Like you always can. I it won't be live with me like the people that did it with January, but it's all it's all there and you can do it at any point. So that is there. And today I wanted to just share some of my takeaways and some things that that I I guess just some things that 
either came to me or resonated with me or conclusions that I made um, over the last few months that I've been getting back into my daily meditation practice. So if you listen to the mini-sode about the meditation challenge, you heard how earlier this year I just was feeling a little bit run down and I had kind of gotten off the meditation bandwagon and I was really not in the best place. I was in an okay place, but I wasn't, you know, I was just feeling so like run down and tired and drained and just not like super great. And then I also kind of felt like a fraud because I was like, well, here I am, you know, teaching people how to teach meditation. And here I am teaching students and sharing these meditations every month. And and I'm not up on my practice like I would like to be. So I really kind of just buckled down and continued and recommitted myself to my daily meditation And then I decided that since January is coming up, that I would um, then do this 31-day challenge and continue my daily practice, but then, you know, let everyone join me as I did it for 10 minutes every day for 31 days. So over the course of the last few months when I've been doing this daily meditation practice, there's really been some things and some themes that have popped up, and I wanted to just share those with you because I don't often share a lot about my personal meditation practice. And I do that for a few reasons. One, I do that because I feel like every person's meditation practice is solely their own and it's their own experience. I think about meditation as kind of like hanging out with your soul and everyone's soul is a little bit different. And and I don't want to set up that expectation where you think like, oh, well, Kelly had this experience during her meditation practice and I didn't have that experience. So maybe I'm not doing it right or maybe I'm not as advanced at her or whatever. I just, I kind of avoid talking about my own personal experiences in that, right? Because I don't want people to compare themselves or, um, or feel like, you know, because their experience is different than mine, that it's, you know, wrong or less than or just different. Like everyone is so different. Everyone's mind is different and everyone's meditation practice is going to be different. So I think that it's important to just honor the experiences that you have and the conclusions that you come to or you know, any messages that you get, whatever it is, I think it's important just to honor that for you and in your heart and um, to not compare anything. So that's why I don't usually share a ton about my personal meditation practice, like the things that actually happen to me while I'm meditating. But what I do like to share is sometimes if there's like a conclusion that I come to, or maybe I have a shift on perspective or, you know, maybe a, a new technique that I tried and it worked well for me. Like I like sharing that sort of stuff with you guys and and with my students. So there are a few, as I was reflecting on the last few months, there are a few kind of commonalities and things that, that popped up for me and I wanted to share them here. So the first thing that I came to is that I waste a lot of time. So it quickly became so apparent to me that I was really good at filling up my day with things that really either had no point or weren't serving me or were just kind of waste of time. So we're talking about like just laying on the couch and playing some games on my phone or scrolling on social media at night, you know, before I go to bed or, you know, I'm notorious for being that person that like flips through Netflix for like an hour just browsing and never actually pick something Um, or even just you know, doing things, just taking my time when I'm working out and taking a workout that I could probably finish in 30 minutes and just kind of, you know, taking my time, listening to some music and I'll let it take an hour. And and I don't think that it's always like bad that we do these things, right? Like 
scrolling on social media, it's going to happen. Um, you know, sometimes I just like to play a little Candy Crush on my phone. Why not? Yes, I'm that person. Sometimes I do that. But here's the thing is that those things aren't bad. But the problem is, is I found that I was spending a lot of time doing these things that weren't serving me. And then I was convincing myself that I was too busy to have my 10 minutes every day of meditation, which was absolutely a lie. And I had to shift my mindset and look and say, Kelly, there are all of these things that you are doing that are not serving you. They're not helping your mental health or your well-being. They're not giving you any joy. They're not you know, doing you any good. And so you're basically saying that you don't have time to do the things that are good for you because your day is so filled up with either, you know, things that are important, right? Like I, I do have a really busy life between running my business and having this podcast and, you know, having a family and trying to nurture. And I mean, you know, we all have busy lives, but to say that I don't have 10 minutes every day to meditate, that is absolute baloney. And there are so many things that I realized, like even if I just did 10 minutes less of those things that aren't serving me, that there's my time to meditate. And it wasn't until I kind of shifted my awareness of that, that I was like, wow, I really do kind of waste a lot of time during my day. So that was something that I quickly recognized. And then the next thing is that I have a tendency to use being busy as a way to drown out what's actually going on like underneath the surface. And I share this one um, because it's something that I know and I've heard from a lot of you that you struggle with too. And I hear it a lot from my students, people that are like me that are kind of go, go, go. And, you know, they're always doing things and they're just very busy. And I think that often we fill ourselves up and we fill our plates because if we're constantly going and we're constantly spinning and we never stop and slow down, we never have to really address what's going on beneath the surface. We never have to kind of do that check-in and be like, but how am I really doing? Once I become still in my meditation practice and you know, I'm quieting my mind and my body, then all of a sudden, all that I'm left with is just me and my thoughts and what's going on. And for a lot of people, that's scary. And I found that once I got back to my daily practice, that there are so many things that I wasn't addressing or things that, you know, it bothered me that I didn't even realize until I slowed down and noticed them. And then once I noticed it, then I could do something about it. So that was something that I really noticed is that I have a tendency to kind of use that go, go, go and just the crazy lifestyle that I have, the busyness, the constant travel that I use that kind of as a band-aid so that I never have to like slow down and say, okay, like what is actually happening How am I really doing? And it was when I slowed down and had those check-ins that then I realized like, oh, I really am desiring this. Like something I really noticed was that my soul was just craving a little bit more fun. And I'm talking about just doing things because they are fun and no other reason. So, you know, going and, and just doing something I recently, um, have been doing some past life regression work. I, I totally by chance, well, not by chance, the universe definitely brought us together. Um, there's a woman, her name is Gina, and I'm actually hoping to have her share a meditation with us on this podcast one day. Um, but she's super great. And I decided I was going to do a past life regression session solely because I was interested in it and I thought it would be fun. And it was, and I enjoyed it. And that was it. And just trying to do more things. I just noticed that my soul was just like, I want to have a little more fun. 
And if I hadn't slowed down enough to practice my meditation, I never would have known that and I wouldn't have addressed it and I would have just kept, you know, going, 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 going. I also, you know, this one is one I feel really strongly about um, and is tied to the one I just shared. But the more that I meditate and I keep my daily meditation, uh, the more I feel connected with my true self. And I truly believe that the secret to a happy and meaningful life is being connected to your true self or your soul, whatever you want to call it, and then just living from that space. So being connected to that internal guide, that true self, your soul, like the more connected you are to that, the easier it becomes to do things like make decisions, right? If I'm at a crossroads, I can just ask my true self, like, which direction do I need to go? It tells me it's always right and I do it. Or I can ask my soul, like, what am I craving, right? And for me, it was, I'm just craving a little fun. So I can go, okay, I can do that. And then I go and I do it and it feels good in my soul and then I feel better. There's so many things that the more connected we become to our true selves, the easier and happier life becomes. So I just had that reminder of, you know, meditation is I think of it as hanging out with my soul and I want to be connected to my soul and I want to live from that true and authentic self. And this was just a good reminder for me of, you know, that that meditation is one of the best ways to do that. I also remembered that my anxiety gets way better when I'm meditating every day. Of course, I knew this, but just because you know something and you know something's good for you doesn't mean you're going to do it. But I did, you know, over the last few months, I have really seen a big improvement in my anxiety and I'm sleeping better. And some of those things that sometimes feel like a huge deal, even though they're not big of a deal, um, they now become a smaller deal and I can handle them better. And I, you know, I don't get as worked up. I don't get as anxious about things. And for those of you that struggle with anxiety too, you know how crippling it can be. And so for me, being able to reduce that, um, is just incredible. And it really is just so nice to get some relief from that. Um, I also recognized that there is always, always something to be grateful for. So part of the journal that I kept, I'm not really a a journaler, but I wanted to do this challenge just like you guys are doing it. So I wanted to do it, you know, all the way hundred percent. So I did fill out the journal and in there every day you write down three things that you're grateful for. And it was just this reminder that no matter what is going on in life. So, you know, I, I did have some things this month that were really hard and really challenging and sometimes upsetting and I could always find something to be grateful for, even if it was the most basic foundational thing. Like, I'm grateful that I'm alive, or I'm grateful that I have my family, or I'm grateful that there's a jar of peanut butter in my cupboard so I can have peanut butter toast for breakfast. Whatever it is, there is always, no matter how hard life is getting and what is happening around you, there's always something you can be grateful for. And to me, gratitude is really like the fastest route to contentment and joy. So I was reminded of that. I also um, recognize that sometimes my body will fail me, but no matter what, I can always meditate. So I, like probably almost everyone that's listening to this, I got sick this month. Um, It just seems like everyone's been sick this month. I got this really like just awful cold. It was like the Kraken of colds. And I got it from a little kid and my, my moms and my caretakers out there, you'll appreciate this. There is nothing as like gnarly and nasty as like a kid cold. And 
So the sweet little baby, baby V, who I love, I was hanging out with her and, you know, she wanted to give me huggies and lovies and obviously I accepted them because she's adorable. But then she did me dirty and she gave me her cold and it stuck with me for so long and I had this cough for just weeks and it was brutal and I couldn't move my body the way that I normally do, but I still could meditate every single day and I just had this gratitude being like, okay, like, sometimes my body will fail me. Sometimes I'll be injured. Sometimes I'll be sick. Sometimes, you know, whatever it is, I won't be able to do my physical practice like I like, but I can always do my meditation. And it, it kept me kind of sane and feel like I was doing something good and nourishing and useful for me. And then finally, the last thing um, that I noticed when I was reflecting on the last few months is that I remembered that cool things happen when you meditate. So cool things, again, I don't want to get too much in the details because the different experiences are going to be different for everyone. So, you know, if one person says, oh, you know, I had this experience or I had an out-of-body experience or I found the meaning of life, like that is awesome. I am so happy that you have found the meaning of life. But I don't want you to think that if you're meditating every day and you haven't found the meaning of life, that you're either doing it wrong or it's inadequate or your practice isn't good enough. No, that's not it. Everyone's experience is their experience. And I just remembered that for me during meditation, that's just some cool things can happen. Like, you know, you can get more connected with your soul or you can have, there are a few things I really had a big shift in perspective on. Um, I also felt like I got the answers to some things where just some questions that I'd been lingering in the back of my mind, should I do this? Should I do that? And I felt like I got the answers to them. I also felt like, you know, during one meditation practice, I felt like I um, connected with like a guide of mine that I didn't even know was there. And it was just kind of a cool experience. Uh, I also, you know, remembered and, and realized that over time, the more that that I meditate and the deeper I can get into my practice, the faster over time is that the actual time that is elapsing, it feels shorter as you continue to meditate. So at first you sit down and you're like, oh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And it, it feels like a solid 10, 15 minutes. It might even feel like a solid 20 to 30 minutes. But the more that you do it, it starts, you just go into it faster and you just kind of like drop right into it. And then all of a sudden those 10 minutes feel like two minutes and it's just really cool. So those are some things that I took away from the last few months that I've been working on my daily meditation practice. And I just wanted to share those with you um, because it's something that I've just been reflecting on. and, And it's something that if you feel like any of those things resonated with you and you want to try to build a daily practice, I think that that's awesome. And I really truly did just meditate for 10 to 15 minutes every day and that's it. I don't, you know, do a big huge meditation practice because realistically, I think it's important to do what you're most likely to stick to. So for me, that's 10 to 15 minutes every day. I don't have a spare hour in my life every day to meditate. And we know what the studies show us and what science has shown is that anywhere from 8 to 12 minutes every day for about 1 to 2 months is enough to start getting the actual neurological benefits of meditation. So that's where the amygdala is shrinking. That's where our blood pressure is lowering. That's where we're getting these actual measurable benefits. So I always say 10 minutes because it falls in the middle between 8 and 12. So it is enough. And I think that if all you have in a day is 10 minutes, that is plenty. And you can get a whole lot out of 10 minutes every day of practicing your meditation. So yeah, those, uh, 
those are just some things that I came to over that meditation practice. And it's something that I just wanted to share with you because I know that a lot of you have been working on your daily meditation practice. And I just want to encourage you and say, keep going. And whatever you're doing, wherever your meditation practice is at, I am so proud of you. And I think it's incredible that you're making yourself the priority and that you are, you know, doing something good for your body and your mind. So the second thing that I wanted to share with you um, is the story as to when I knew it was time to take the leap from teaching students to teaching teachers. So before I get there, I do want to let you know that today, if you're listening in real time, February 1st, I have just opened up enrollment for the first session of the online meditation teacher training. I open it up uh, twice a year, once in the winter and once in the summer. So right now, if you're listening, it's open It'll be open February 1st to February 14th. But what you're not about to hear is you are not about to hear my pitch as to why I think everyone should join this training right now and why it's going to solve all of your problems and it's so great and this and that. You're not going to hear that because one, I don't think everyone should join it because not everyone is meant to take the teacher's path. And two, I firmly believe that it is not about finding as many people as possible and enrolling them in my training. It is about just sharing what's on my heart. And if that resonates with you and you want to join the training, great. If it doesn't resonate with you and you just want to listen to the story of why I chose to start teaching teachers, great. If you join, I love it. If you don't, I love it. So my hope in sharing this story and just telling you a little bit about what I created and why is because I just want you to not only get to know me a little bit better, but to understand where I'm coming from as a teacher and and my style and how I knew it was time to take that step. And then maybe it'll help you figure out if that's a path you want to pursue or if it's one that you don't. And I do think that it's important just to honor that every single person is on their path and all we have to share is our truth. So for me, sharing my truth is designing this course for someone else. It's going to be something completely different. And I like to share this story because it's one that is... It's sometimes a little bit hard to share and to talk about, and it's something that I wish someone would have shared with me at the time that I was going through this. I just wish that I would hear a little bit more. Like, I love hearing other people's stories, and I've never really heard other people talk about their journey from, you know, stepping in from student to teacher. And so I just want to share this because I think it will give you some more insight into um, who I am and why I do what I do. And also, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, you know, taking a step in your life in general, I don't even, it doesn't even have to be in teaching of any way, but maybe just hearing my story will then help you a little bit. So before I tell you when and how I knew it was time to start teaching teachers, Um, I have to tell you a little bit about why I began meditating. This is something that I feel really strongly about. If you do follow me on Instagram, you saw me post a little bit about it. And it's something that I always reflect on when I open up enrollment for this course because it's just, you know, fresh in my mind and, and I just am reminded why I began meditating to begin with. So I started 
teaching yoga and practicing yoga and I was so focused on the physical. That was the thing that was comfortable for me. I was an athlete. I, you know, could come into a class. I could do a lot of the postures. I could do the things. And then I did a teacher training and we learned a little bit about meditation, but I was still there for the physical. And again, that's just what was comfortable for me. So I started teaching a really vigorous, powerful practice. And for those of you that don't know, and um, this is something that I know people are surprised to hear sometimes. So yoga is not just the the physical shapes, the postures, the asanas, the poses. Uh, there's actually eight limbs to yoga, and one of them is asanas or the poses. So there's the yamas and the niyamas, which is like how you interact with the world around you, how you interact with yourself. There is uh, the asanas, right? So the poses, so your down dogs and all of that. There is pranayama, which is the breath work. There is meditation, ding, ding, ding. We're going to talk about that in a second. That is its own limb of yoga. There is pratyahara, which is withdrawal of the senses. There is um, concentration and then also kind of union or um, connection with the highest self or samadhi, bliss. Um, And so there are these limbs to yoga. And often I'll have people say, Kelly, why is your business called yoga for you when you primarily teach meditation? meditation is one of the limbs of yoga just like the poses is a limb of yoga just like pratyahara withdrawal the senses which primarily you know the best way to do that is yoga nidra that's one of the limbs of of yoga and i think that it's important to recognize that a yoga practice is not just the physical shapes in the body and it took me a while to really grasp that and to wrap my head around it and that they truly are all eight limbs are equally important and if I wanted to fully embody my yoga practice and kind of have that transformation not just of body but of my entire self that I had to embrace all eight limbs and that included meditation so at the time though I first started teaching a really physical practice, and I do still do that sometimes. I really like it. I think there needs to be a balance um, of the physical and the other limbs. Uh, But I found that during this time that my body was in great shape, but my mind was a mess. So I was really struggling with my anxiety. I was struggling with a healthy relationship with my body. I wasn't sleeping. I, you know, was just having a hard time just forming relationships, just everything. I felt like even though my body maybe looked the strongest it's ever looked, like the rest of me was kind of a mess. And I recognized that and I realized that I had to start doing some work and dedicating myself to the entire practice and not just the physical shapes. And I also just felt this pull and this desire to move a little bit deeper into my yoga and kind of explore that, whether you want to call it the spiritual aspect or the mental and emotional aspect of it. But I just felt this pull and I felt like, okay, I'm ready for something deeper. Like I feel like I've become too comfortable in the physical and my soul is desiring something deeper. It was also during this time that um, I had some students that were coming to me and they weren't there. They weren't there in my yoga studio because they wanted to do a handstand, right? For so many people, that's not the point. They were there because they wanted to reduce their anxiety. They wanted to decrease their blood pressure. They wanted to just be able to, you know, turn the volume down on their mind and just be able to relax. And those are all wonderful, valid things. So I kind of reached this point where I was like, okay, I'm really desiring something deeper. 
my students are desiring something not necessarily deeper but different than what I'm offering and I firmly believe that you shouldn't teach anything that you don't know. So to me, it didn't feel right being like, oh, okay, well, maybe meditation could benefit you and I kind of, you know, fake it till I make it. I don't do that and I don't like that. That makes me feel icky. So what I did was I kind of went into this this deep dive. Um, I became a little bit like meditation obsessed and there is just so much out there. It's such an ancient practice. There's so many things that... Like I really started to just take everything in, but also I felt a little bit overwhelmed with just how much was out there and how many different styles there were and different teachers and, you know, this lineage and that lineage and this person saying you need to do it this way, that person saying you need to do it that way. And, you know, do I study the new text or the old text or do I, you know, I just kind of felt a little bit overwhelmed by it all, but I did just throw myself into it. I started my meditation journey. Um, I went and I studied loving kindness meditation and I lived with my monks. Most of you have heard that story. I think I share it, uh, in the episode called Kelly's story. Um, I went and I lived with some monks for a little bit and it was really great. It was absolutely the thing that like ignited my interest and my love for meditation. And it was one of the most challenging things I ever did. It was probably one of like the craziest things I've ever did to just be like, yeah, sure. I'll just leave my home and work and everything for a few weeks and go live with some monks out in the middle of the woods and meditate all day long. And it really kind of was baptism by fire. I hadn't really done much meditation. And then all of a sudden I was expected to meditate like all day, like literally all day guys. And it was hard, but it was so rewarding. And then I did that and then I just felt, you know, hungrier. So then I wanted to learn more. So I did an immersion, you know, another yoga teacher training that really had a focus like on yoga nidra and meditation. And I went to Bali for a while and, and took that training. And then I was reading the books and watching the movies and doing the courses and all of the things. Right. And I was just like for a couple of years. And as I learned more, then I had more to share with my students. So I felt myself transforming through my practice and I saw my students transforming too. Like I still remember the first time a student came to me and he said, you know what, Kelly, ever since you taught me how to meditate and I've been doing this every day, like I am a less angry person because of it and it is saving the relationships in my life. And I just remember like having this moment and being like, this meditation thing is truly magical like it feels like magic to me in my heart and in my soul and then being able to share that with my students and giving them the gift of that magic and giving them the gift of having these tools in their toolbox to me was like the kindest greatest most wonderful thing I could do for someone was give them those tools to then experience that magic themselves and kind of find that that fulfillness and that lightness in their heart that I find with meditation So over time, the more that I learned and the more that I studied and the more information that I got, then the more I had to share with my students. And I really started to kind of develop my own personal style with meditation and the way, the way that I taught it. So something that, that I came across, um, when I was really studying was I felt like when I was studying meditation and I was really learning and, um, studying with teachers and going to trainings and all of the things like there wasn't anyone really like me at these things doing what I was doing and what I mean by that is 
I just, I mean, I was so much younger than everyone else that was there. Like, so much younger. I still, I still am young. Um, but this is something now that I've been doing for years. And at the time, you know, this is something, and, and I know it sounds kind of, maybe it sounds silly now, like if you grew up in a time, you know, now things have changed and, and it's, you know, yoga and meditation and spirituality and all that, like it's very cool and trendy right now. But like, I remember being in high school and I used to get up early and go to a yoga class before I would go to high school. And people were really cruel to me about it. Like I got made fun of all the time because like yoga wasn't a cool thing or like meditation wasn't a thing. And I got made fun of all the time because I was like, oh, that, that weird yogi kid. And, you know, all when I was playing sports and, you know, I said that I was doing yoga and everyone was just like, why the heck are you doing that? And it was really hard. And I, I felt like I didn't really have anyone along, you know, along with me for that journey or a lot of support, like from my peers. And it kind of just made me second guess, like, is this the right path? Like it made me feel kind of self-conscious about what I was doing. And then I would go and, you know, and, and I worked through that. And, um, when I first started teaching, I was, you know, very young and all of my students were much older than me. And, um, and when I would go to, you know, even when I would go and have these experiences or go and learn, like, I just felt like there wasn't really anyone like me, um, that was, that was pursuing meditation. That was still kind of something that, you know, you need to be like a retiree or, you know, someone that grew up in the hippie era or whatever it is. Like, I just kind of wanted to destigmatize this idea of what someone who does meditation is like and what a meditation teacher is like, that it doesn't have to be, you know, this woman. I think people have this idea that a meditation teacher is like this woman that's, you know, my mom's age and like wears a a, a turban and, you know, moo-moos and has these big wide sweeping arm movements and, and just speaks in a way and is like welcome my students let's awaken our third eyes today and that is just not who I am and and I I felt that I was like I I kind of felt like I didn't fit in a little bit so anyways I feel like I'm getting on a bit of a tangent but I just didn't feel like there were people that looked like me in in these things and I also felt like each teacher that I studied with that they all were trying to convince me that their way was the way and I didn't love that because I firmly believe that when it comes to meditation and as a meditation teacher that each style that you learn each technique that you learn each you know meditation guided meditation that you write like that's a tool in your toolbox and your job as the teacher is to meet your student where they're at and just give them the tools that they need for their own personal success. And that's going to look different for each person. So I believe that when it comes to meditation, it's very much like diet. So each person's internal chemistry is different. Everyone's mind is different. I don't believe that there is like one diet or one meal plan or one way of eating that is going to be the perfect way for every single human on this earth. I think that each person's body needs something a little bit different. And maybe, you know, some plans work for some people, some work for another. And I get very put off by this idea when people try to say like, there's only one way and that's the way. But what I think like, you know, I think about eating and nutrition, like 
I feel like a good nutritionist is someone that's going to meet each person where they're at and help them find a way to eat where they're going to set themselves up for success and health and longevity and that each person's plan might be a little bit different. And I approach meditation in the same way. So I really started to develop kind of this this personal style um, of meditation. And it was one where it was very kind of rooted in um, the science of it. So, you know, even things where knowing that eight to 12 minutes a day is enough. So 10 minutes a day is enough. It was one that was really rooted in like everyday problems, like the ones that I was using meditation for. I really did enjoy some of the, you know, more interesting, the, some of my trainings, you know, you go and say, okay, we're going to go and meet our spirit guides, or we're going to go to this planet or do that. Like I enjoy that stuff personally. Um, and I think it's just kind of fun, but when it comes to my actual teaching, I stick to the things that I know most people are struggling with. So anxiety, insomnia, self-love, like high blood pressure, right? These more kind of tangible, like real world issues that people want to use meditation for to help with that. And then also teaching in a way that is authentic to me and who I am. So I'm not, you know, that older lady wearing flowing clothing and a turban and, you know, speaking and, you know, (laughs) speaking in a way that just doesn't sound like me because it's not me. And I think that when it comes to teaching, it's so important to just share what is written on your heart and to share what you have to share, but also to keep an open mind. And you're just there to serve your students and to give them the tools that they need to then have their own success. When it comes to teaching, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with my students and how can I serve them. And I can only do that in the way that I know from my own personal voice. So as I really started to develop this voice as a teacher and this style of um, learning a lot of different kinds of meditation and pulling elements from different things and helping people put together their own practice for their own success, I started to have people um, appearing saying that they wanted me to teach them how to teach meditation. And I didn't jump on board at first. Um, I gave a lot of thought as to whether or not I thought I was ready And the conclusion that I came to was that really, truly meditation felt like magic to me. And it had helped so many of my students. And I want to continue to share this practice in any way that I can. And that I wanted to create something that I wish I would have had when I started my teaching journey. So for a lot of us, we don't want to or need to go live with monks for weeks. We don't need to go to Bali for over a month. We don't need to do all of the things. And I felt like I spent years of my life and I don't I don't regret any of it, but I felt like I spent years of my life just getting to kind of the foundation and and I didn't I wish I would have had someone that could have said, "Okay, Kelly, let's just start with the basics." let's start with the foundation. We're going to build a strong foundation of how to teach and share meditation with other people. And then once I had that foundation in place, then I could have gone out and, you know, pursued this deeper understanding and taking this deep dive. And I felt like I spent so many years just trying to piece together the foundation on my own when I could have streamlined it a little bit if I had something like the course that I now share. And I could have then gone right into kind of sharing the practice with others. 
And it's something that I also wanted to make sure that it was accessible for people. So I wanted to create a course that was not just for yoga teachers or not just for people who are advanced meditators. It was for anyone. It was for teachers. I've had kindergarten teachers take it so that then they can write short guided meditations for their kinders. I've had physicians and therapists that have taken this course so that instead of telling people, you know, you really should meditate, but then not being able to tell them how to do it, right? Now they have the tools where they can say, hey, like you should be meditating for your blood pressure, your anxiety, or your PTSD or whatever it is. In a nutshell, this is how you can start meditating or nurses or yoga teachers or whoever. Like I wanted to create something for people who had a desire to be able to share meditation and share the magic they've experienced with others and not have to spend hours and hours and hours and hours and going through, you know, all of the things when all they want is just the foundation. So I basically created what I wished I would have had when I was taking, you know, starting my teaching journey and be able to start serving my students sooner. That's the only thing that I wish I could have done differently was I just, it took me so long to kind of piece together the foundation on my own. I wish I would have had something that could have streamlined it. So I could have started sharing meditation with my students sooner because they just have had just this immense transformation because of it. And it took me a while to kind of get there and Um, And I also wish I would have had a way to streamline my own personal practice. I felt like I had to kind of do it all on my own. And it just, it took longer than if I would have had something to basically just be the springboard then into um, a deeper understanding of the practice. So then when I felt like there were a lot of people approaching me and asking me to teach them how to be a meditation teacher, I then decided that that was a step that I wanted to take and that that was um, the way that I was going to continue to share meditation was then by giving other people the teaching tools so they could then go out into their communities and share meditation with the people around them. So I began creating this course and I pulled through, you know, all of the things, all just went through my whole meditation library and just did all the things, pulled out and boiled it down to what I really felt like was the foundational understanding of meditation and how to share it and teach it. And I broke it all down and I compiled it into a course. And then I began just teaching it live. Um, I really do love teaching people live, uh, but that really limited who I could reach Um, because I can only travel so far. I can only travel so many times a year. So I taught it live and continued to refine it, continued to improve upon it. And um, I continued to become a more skilled teacher of teachers. And then eventually I decided to put it all online so that people could get the information from anywhere and learn it at their pace. And that's where we are now. That's what I created. And it's something that... um, I really do, like, I feel strongly about it because it's something that I wish I would have had when I first thought about teaching meditation. I just felt so lost and overwhelmed. Like, like, I don't even know. I wish someone would have just been like, okay, Kelly, here is this thing, this little packaged thing where you will learn the history of meditation, the foundations of the practice, how to set up your own personal practice, you know, what positions you can meditate in. And here's 
the basics of six different styles of meditation, including breath awareness, mantra, manifestation meditation, loving kindness, present moment, walking meditation. And I will show you exactly how to write guided meditations, just like the ones that you hear on the Mindful in Minutes podcast. And and then I'll also, you know, show you a little bit about how to be a masterful teacher and how to be a good supportive uplifting teacher and how to help people find their own personal formula. Like, I wish I would have had that when I was starting my journey, um, but I didn't. But what I can do is then give that to other people. So that is where we are at now with this course. So if that's something, if you're listening to all of this and you just think, oh, wow, that's a nice story. I understand Kelly a little bit more. And that's it. Awesome. I am so deeply grateful that you listened to me talk for this entire time. If you are listening to this and you think, yeah, I feel that same way. Like, I don't feel like people are doing it the way I'm doing it or I don't feel like you know, I I feel overwhelmed by where to start or how to teach, right? I don't know how to do these things. Let me help you. I would be more than happy to help you and share those tools with you. And it's something that anyone can do it. If you have that desire in your heart to teach and to share, then start doing it. You can just go and you can start teaching and you can share the magic that you've experienced with others. And yeah, that's, I mean, really that's it. Like I said, like this isn't, this isn't a pitch for the course. That's not what I want this to be. I really just wanted you to understand how, one, how I knew it was time to take the step from teaching students to teaching teachers and why, you know, I designed this course and also like what my meditation journey was like, because it wasn't something that I just, you know, woke up one day and was like, oh, I just, I get meditation or, you know, I feel so mindful or whatever it is. Like it it was a really long, hard journey and it was, and it was tough and it took me a while to get there and and it wasn't something that I just felt like, you know, I naturally just fell into. And and I I feel so encouraged now and I I feel so optimistic now because meditation and yoga and mindfulness and spirituality and all of these things are very cool and trendy and there's a lot of resources out there. So hopefully anyone listening to this hadn't, you know, didn't feel like how I felt as kind of the odd one out and being, you know, that kind of weird kid that was into yoga and meditation when everyone else was into, you know, whatever. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to date myself, but you know, all of the, uh, 90s kids things. Uh, and yeah, that's really it. And I, I appreciate you listening and listening to my story and letting me be so open and, and vulnerable and share that experience with you. And if you do want to come and join the course, I'd love to have you. If you don't think it's for you, I think that's awesome too. Um, I will link the information in the show notes. You, of course, can go to the website, yogafreeonline.com. If you're feeling like, yes, I want to do this, I want to sign up, great. Just click the link in the show notes. If you are like, I don't know, I have a couple of questions, I'm unsure, just send me an email. It is so important to me that you just feel like this is the right fit and that's it. I, I really don't. I feel icky when I get the feeling that people are just trying to, you know, get anyone and everyone and just smash them into their course. Like that makes me feel really icky. But I feel really good about the fact of like helping people navigate whether or not it's the right fit and then having those right people then join the course. 
So you can just send me an email, info at yogafreeonline.com, and I'll help you figure out if it's right. And other than that, I hope that this February is going to be an amazing, amazing month for you. And I can't wait to share the meditation that is coming up on Sunday. It's one of my personal favorites and it is a meditation for the soul. So thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have an awesome day. Bye guys.